everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. This is your host, April Hanna. I'm really excited about today's show. We're going to be speaking to Chayton Parkin, and he is one of the co-authors of the Book of Destinies, Discover the Life You Were Born to Live. And this book answers some of the questions. If you've ever asked yourself, what is my life purpose? And have you ever considered what you're doing here on earth and whether you're on the right track? And is your life really, really being fulfilled? And in the Book of Destinies, they actually answer a lot of these questions in learning about what your life theme is, your type, authority, the profile, and a bunch of great information to really try to get you on the right track, living the best possible life that you can live. So I'd like to welcome Chayton to our show. How are you doing today? Thank you, April. I'm doing very well. So I'd like you to start off by letting our listeners know you have a really great story of how um, some of your other books, the first book, Human Design, came into existence. But I'd like you to let our listeners know what kind of propelled you into writing these books and trying to help people discover really their life themes and life paths. Well, all of us will appreciate it. It's a very... um transformational time at the moment. And uh, I I suppose in answer to your question, my uh, connection with human design and writing these books, it took place, goodness, it was um, it was 1977. Um, I was involved in uh, a near shipwreck. Uh, We should have sunk. We didn't. And uh, somehow I was just triggered to recognize that life is so important that one cannot afford to miss out on it. And all my life, I'd been kind of looking on the outside to get my answers. And from that time on, for ever since then, I've been looking more and more inside to find the answers. And uh, my travels, I was traveling all over the world at that time, and my travels took me back to India, where I'd been many times before. I ended up in the company of Osho in his community for quite a number of years. And he, basically, he was an enlightened being. He had this wake up at the age of around 21. And he'd drawn around him a great community of people from all over the world, uh, seekers. And, of course, we all had a lot of questions about ourselves. You know, what am I doing here? What's my life all about? Um, what What are the secrets to life? And he would answer all kinds of questions for people. And... I was very, very shy in those days, and I, you know, I, I wanted to kind of have a more discreet way of, rather than him broadcasting to everybody, you know, because he did that in discourses every day. And he'd say, well, look, if you really want to find out about yourself, there's a man that lives in Mumbai, and uh, he'll tell you everything, so go and talk with him. So I went and visited this man. Uh, he has the title of a Chaya Shastri, uh, in other words, in, in English, a, a shadow reader. He doesn't actually read your shadow. He measures your shadow at a particular place and uh, time of day. And Mm -hmm. from that measurement is able to find a page in one of hundreds of books he's got uh, that describes all kinds of different life themes and life journeys. And uh, he did this for me. He had this huge long bookshelf behind his desk. And after he'd done the calculations he wanted, he pulled out a book, pulled out a page of that book and just told me everything about my life. And it was extraordinary. I was, I was 26 years old at the time. I, I was completely flummoxed by what he told me. It was extraordinary information. It was honestly like he'd been walking beside me my whole life. <laughs> and uh, 
he closes up the reading and says, you know, I want you to come and work with me because you know how to do this. And I guess, you know, in other lifetimes, in other experiences or in other streams or whatever, however it comes through my genetic coding or whatever, I have this gift for reading for people and for seeing into their lives. And his offer to me to come and work with him uh, was really very, very startling. And I turned him down. I said, no, I can't do that. And he just thought that was very funny because he was in a position to be able to see where my life was and where it was going to go, and I wasn't. <laughs> so, so when he'd finished laughing, he said, well, it doesn't matter. You're going to do this work anyhow. Uh, my suggestion is you start uh, finding systems to work with where you can start reading for people because there's a system that's going to come into your life. You're going to write books about it. The books are going to go all over the world. You're going to read for people. You're going to tell people all about their lives. And what you tell them is going to change their lives forever. Well, I'm talking about a reading that took place for me in 1979. This human design system didn't come into being until 1987. And the human design didn't come into my life until 1993. And in the meantime, I'd been working with all these different ancient wisdom traditions of conveying to people what it is that I saw about their lives. You know, I read everything from tarot cards to tea leaves and uh, palm reading, face reading, everything. And uh, when the human design showed up in my life, I just knew right away this is what, it, what this man had been telling me about. Uh, it is the most extraordinary system. Uh, it's a system for the 21st century. And sure enough, you know, the books have followed. The books he talked about have followed. And this third one, The Book of Destinies, has just been published by New World Library. And it's, it's really a very, very exciting thing to have come about. Wow, that sounds pretty extraordinary. <laughs> and it almost sounds like you were in disbelief, you know, when he told you that this is what you were going to be doing. Um, you know, fascinating that it seems like you kind of had one of the sages there saying this will happen. And there was a disbelief that it was actually true. And, and the funny thing about it as well, April, is, you know, he was reading from something that had been written down several years, thousand years earlier. Mm. Uh, you know, it's like past, present, future. Yes, we play with time here on the earth. Um, but, you know, everything is linked to everything else. And uh, yes, I was in a state of disbelief when he told me. But uh, I won't say every last little nuance of what I heard him say has come about. But uh, he was absolutely on target with this thing of uh, my ability to read for people and these books. So with all the readings that you were doing for people, and like you said, some of the ancient um, things of tarot cards and the tea leaves, was that culmination of all of the different modalities that you used to read hundreds of people eventually is what you turned into your own human design? Well, um, let's just say, um, I would say most of us at one time or another, we've, we've been met by somebody who told us something that startled us. You know, whether we've deliberately gone for a psychic reading or a hand reading or something like that or a tarot reading, um, you know, because these are means that tap into our unconscious and they can tap into other realms um, that perhaps we're not aware of. Um, what I came to find out was that there's, a, there's really a great responsibility in when you see something about somebody, how are you going to tell them? You know, what's the language you're going to use? 
are you going to tell them in a way, oh, well, you know, you haven't got long to go and you better, you know, better make your funeral preparations and things like that? Or are you going to make it in a, in a different way, like just to be really alert in your life and to make sure you have the best possible connections with the people around you, you know, to be really thorough and things. So there's, you know, what I appreciated in those many years where I was reading for people before the human sign showed up in my life, um, that I, was, I learned how to be responsible in what I was going to tell people and what I could see about them. And um, I just see for all readers, psychics, whoever they are, this is a huge responsibility. And it was, it was just a lot of practice that I put in in those years in realizing how people can best receive what it is to be told. Great. And the, your new book now, The Book of Destinies, um, really kind of gives people the ability to, with uh, um, some of the things that you have like on your website, I, I personally went on and I gave my, my name, my date of birth, the time that I was born. And I'm familiar with some of um, those things. Like I've, I've found out through other um, places and astrologers, like what my rising sign was in accordance with my birth sign and things like that. So I was used to being asked what my time of birth was, where I was born. And then when, when people go onto your website and they fill out that information, they get an email back that basically gives them an introductory to what's in the Book of Destinies, of trying to figure out what your life theme is, um, the five different types of the human design, and, and what type you are. And then as you go into the book a little bit deeper, you begin to read and find out more about what the processes of what you find out from filling out the information on your website, really kind of what more of your purpose is and why you're here. So um, would you like to go into a little more detail about explaining how you came up with that process and the information that's given to people and how they can follow um, their destiny through this book? Okay, I'll, I'll do my best, April. Um, I should say this book took 20 years to write, which is kind of ridiculous when you think about writing anything, but uh, there was just a lot of research and rewriting and insight and uh, revelation that came about while it was all being written. Um, the basis of it is, and let's just be absolutely clear about this, life is a mystery. Nobody really knows what life is. However, you know, there are certain clues that are given to us. And the Book of Destiny is the, the simplest way I could describe the different life themes that show up in the Book of Destinies is that all of us ride into this life on a particular sunbeam. We come in at a particular moment in time and a particular place in time where there are certain energies that are playing out in the universe around us. And what human design indicates is that what is on the outside uh, in terms of the energies on the outside in the universe around us are very much lodged into what it is that goes on on the inside, or we might say what goes on in our genetic makeup. So very, very simply, uh, human design is a means of looking at our genetic makeup. And uh, we might say, all right, it, it's not, um, not what medical science would directly aim towards. So I would say it has a lot to do with our psycho-spiritual makeup like that. Um, the Book of Destinies describes each one of 192 different possible life themes. We each have one of these for our lifetime. The life theme is based 
as I'd say, on what particular sunbeam we came in on, exactly where was the sun relative to us in the star fields around us when we showed up in this world. So the life theme is anchored in the exact placement of the sun at the moment of your birth. What human design also takes into consideration, which astrology doesn't, but I'm not comparing anything here, but human design takes in the position, the position of the earth relative to the sun. So sun and earth being opposite. So sun showing very much where we shine out into the world and, and um, give our luminescence into the world, if you will. Earth really where we ground ourselves, where we relate to the form of the world. So this is kind of the axis of each one of these particular life themes. Where's the sun at the moment of your birth? And recognize the earth being opposite of that. There's another unique feature about human design, uh, which is absolutely a first. There's nothing else in any ancient wisdom tradition that has this in it, is that through human design, we're able to access our, the genetic inheritance that we get from our ancestry. So we see all the unconscious parts and patterns within us. And these, of course, have a great bearing in our life. We may not know who our ancestors are. We may never have met them, in fact. But nevertheless, in the human design chart, it's possible to see exactly what it is that we've inherited from their input. And we've traced this information back at least four generations of input. And we know perfectly well that whoever was in our ancestry four generations back was living a very, very different life than the one we're experiencing at the moment. And so our whole journey in life is to bring these two parts up to speed. You know, the, the genetic inheritance as well as our conscious presence here in life. So the life theme is a mix of the conscious placement of the sun and the, un the conscious placement of the earth and also where the unconscious attributes of the sun and earth come in as well. So it's like a triangulation of uh, sun and earth around us at the moment of our birth. So that was kind of a long form of explaining of how these particular life themes come about. But um, the beauty of it is the translation that Carola and I have done over the last 20 years is to be able to relate these, these uh, influences into language and to make it as uh, easily understandable as we possibly can. And I would hope, April, in, in reading your life theme in the book, that will have been your experience, that you found it easily accessible and quite comprehensible. Yeah, there there were some things that were interesting that I felt like, yeah, absolutely, I, I could relate to, and then other things that I had to sit and, you know, kind of think about and, and take it all in. Um, I know when I received the chart, you know, before, usually when I do things like these, I don't like to do too much research to get all analytical in my head. I like to see what kind of happens and kind of feel my intuition through the process. And when the email came to me and I opened up my report and I took a look at the diagram that was there, one of the first things that popped into my mind was, hmm, this looks similar of the chakra system and the Kabbalistic uh, tree of life. And those are two things that I'm familiar with. And then when I went on further to read more, you know, on your website, those were two of amongst a couple of other things that you had said are kind of integrated into this as well. Um, so I, f I found that to be interesting. Um, you know, in in the same form too. Um, but one of the things, as you were just talking and explaining a little bit more about 
um, the life themes. Now, I don't have a whole lot of knowledge in astrology, so I would like to ask, what is the importance of the sun? Why is it so important to know where the sun was in order to be able to understand part of the life path here? Well, the sun is the closest star to us. And I don't want to get too involved in the physics of this because, um, you know, it can get a little involved. <laughs> but when human design came to this planet, it came in 1987, it was downloaded in 1987. The whole scientific reasoning behind why it works was based on the science of these particles called neutrinos. And at the time, in 1987, neutrinos were a theory. And the theory went back to this time where um, physicists, wanting to know the effects of the Big Bang, wanted to weigh up the mass of the universe. Like from the Big Bang, how much mass was involved in it? And so they did all these calculations, and I'm, you know, not clever enough to do these kind of calculations myself. But all of them, when they put their numbers together and they all did these calculations by themselves and then uh, conferred with each other, they found out they were about 80% short. There was 80% of the mass of the Big Bang missing. So they put forward this theory of these little particles called neutrinos. And neutrinos had a little bit of mass and neutrinos would travel around the speed of light. And they were just tiny, tiny little particles, and they were particles being emitted by stars. And so every single star in the universe is emitting these neutrinos, and these neutrinos are flying through the universe near the speed of light, and they pass through everything. And they're like the messengers of the universe, if you will. So neutrinos were actually proven in 1997. There were joint experiments in Canada and Japan that actually prove their existence. So the significance of the sun being so close to us is that this is a sun, a star that is emitting these neutrinos. And because the sun is so close, they're emitting these neutrinos. And out of all the stars in the universe, they have way more effect than any other particular body around us. So that is why the sun is uh, so relevant and, you know, astrologers have always said, you know, what's your sun sign? Where does the sun sit in the 12 parts of the zodiac for you? And uh, a lot of people relate to that. And there's certain characteristics around a sun sign. With human design, uh, we get, uh, I would have to say, much more specific. And uh, you would see instead of 12 signs um, of the zodiac in human design, we've got 64 different, uh, I wouldn't say signs, but 64 different aspects of our makeup. And uh, these 64 um, relate in part to our genetic makeup. So part of the understanding of human design is that uh, these 192 different life themes uh, are very specific according to the placement of the sun. And uh, that exact placement is what part of the star fields around us is it in and what are the influence of the neutrinos, especially when those neutrinos pass through our sun and get amplified by the sun's energy as well. So I hope that uh, isn't too complicated to understand, but it gives a little bit of backdrop of how this all came about. Yeah, no, not too complicated, but very interesting. I have never never heard that before, so thank you. Um, and, and that kind of le leads into my next question about the 192 life themes. You know, when I'm thinking about there's six to seven billion people on the earth, find it interesting how, you know, we're able to break down so many people into everyone would fit into one of these 192 
life themes? Like, how does that happen? <laughs> well, it's, it's just, it's exactly that, that we're all born in a particular time and space. And at the moment we show up in the world here, we come out of the womb, um, there was, we come into the streams of neutrinos. And the streams of neutrinos literally um, are etched in our genetic makeup. So, like I've said, you know, the, the sunbeam that you ride in on, where is the sun at the moment of your birth? That is the, amplifying the stream of neutrinos that come through you. So, um, there are these 192 different divisions of the sky around us. And depending on where the sun is in one of those 192 different parts of the sky when you're born, that is going to be coincidental with the life theme that you have. So it's just, you know, it's expanding on the mystery of life in a sense. And what I found is in my readings of people, um, I give people full readings of their human design. I explain exactly how to go about their life in a way according to their own nature. And very often I complete a reading with a reading of their particular life theme. And what I found is when people are ready to receive it and hear it, and I would always recommend somebody read your life theme to you so you can really hear it. But uh, most people burst into tears or they just, they go into a complete state of deep meditation and deep silence and deep quiet when they hear this life theme being read to them. Um, because it just, it aligns very much with, I won't say necessarily their purpose of life, but it's, it's the kind of theme that they are here to live through in their life. Now, I know um, in the process here, you say that there's three keys to your design, and one of them is figuring out your type. And in the five different types, you kind of gave some statistics about, um, and I'm going to just list them for our listeners, that the five types of the human design are the manifester, the generator, the manifesting generator, and the projector, I believe, and also the reflector. Right. And um, you also have kind of percentages that, you know, 30% of the world's population will fall into the type of being a generator. Uh, the manifestors make up only around 11%. Uh, the manifesting generator, 35% of the world's population. Projectors, over 20%. And the reflectors are the rarest of all types. So, if, if you have time, I, I was wondering if you'd like to kind of break down for our listeners, maybe so people who are listening can get an idea of, hmm, maybe I might be a generator, maybe I'm a manifester or a projector. Would you like to give a little description of each and to describe kind of also how you were able to figure out that a percentage of the world's population will fall under this group and that group and the other? Well, I, I have to say about the percentages, I was not the person that did the research for this. This was a lady called Eleanor Hasper-Portner. Uh, she did the research on this. She did a huge statistical analysis and uh, proved these five different types by statistics. Um, in brief, um, there are three what we call energy types. And these are people that have energy, and the unfortunate thing about life is nobody's ever really told them what to do with it or how to, um, how to use it in the most beneficial way for them. Hence, human design is so important for people to understand. And it's a very simple thing. Once you know your type, you know, you'll know exactly how your energy is supposed to move through you um, according to your own nature. And let's be absolutely clear about this. We come here to live our own life. We don't come here to live somebody else's life for them. And we all have a perfect design, perfect capabilities. 
and, and there's a lot of differences. So if I'm talking about a generator type, a generator type has what we call a sacral response. They have uh, the sacral center. You've remarked on the fact that, yes, it looks like a chakra system in the chart. Um, it's something similar to a chakra system in that human design, there are nine energy centers. And apparently there was a point in time when we evolved and we took on two more energy centers uh, beyond the traditional seven chakras. Um, the sacral center relates to our sex center, uh, the testes and ovaries in our, in our physical makeup. And it's the center of life force energy. So people that have the generator design, uh, they have access to life force energy. They're constantly generating energy. And I said at the first, they have what we call a gut response. They're here to respond to life. And a gut response, as it says, it's from the gut. It's not from the head. It's not from the mind. It's not from the emotions. It's not from anything like that. It's not from our fears or doing the right thing or anything like that. It's a pure energetic response. So generators have this ton of energy. And as I say, the unfortunate thing, nobody's ever told them how to play with this energy to their best advantage. And so very often generators end up being the workhorses in the world. They just work and work and work and work and uh, very often find themselves very frustrated in what it is they're doing unless they tune into their gut response and start following it. Um, so generators have this difference from uh, people we call manifestors. I think all of us on some level we've been convinced that we should go out into the world and manifest. You know, you've, got, you've gone to school, you've learned all how to do stuff, you've done these trainings and stuff, now just go out there and do it. <laughs> and then when we understand about human design, we see, well, only 10 or 11% of people can actually manage that. And uh, even those that have manifested charts, they find themselves running into a lot of roadblocks. Because out of all the rest of the people who can't manifest, and manifestors who can, and everyone can resent it. Who said you could do that? You know, why are you doing that and I can't do it? And so manifestors run into a lot of trouble uh, in, and roadblocks. So um, manifestors have to realize they've got this capability to manifest in their own lives. They've also got this ability to trigger manifestation in other people's lives as well. They're basically catalysts. They catalyze activity. So I always teasingly say, you know, if you don't have a manifesto chart yourself, it's a very good thing to know where a manifesto lives. So when you really want to get something <laughs> going in your life, you go and talk to them and hang out with them for a bit because they have this effect. But a manifesto, because they run into roadblocks and because there's a lot of interference around them, they can distance themselves from people or they can use a lot of elbows to, you know, try and find their way through all the roadblocks or they put all their energy into avoiding roadblocks. So once a manifestor really understands what their nature is and how to use it best, they become extraordinarily effective. And I've worked with many manifestors over the years and they finally understood how to get a clear path for themselves. Then there are the, the type that you describe, we call the manifesting generator. And they are a distinctive different type. They're not a generator, they're not a manifestor. They're a combination of the two. So I say about a generator, they got this life force energy. So does a manifesting generator. The generator has to get a gut response. And once they get the gut response, they know whether they're going to commit to something or somebody or not. The manifesting generator has that same gut response. But the thing of it is, 
after they're getting their gut response, they have to see, well, am I going to convert this gut response? If it's telling me yes and I'm interested, am I then going to commit all my energy to making this happen? Am I going to manifest it? So what we say about manifesting generators, it's almost like they have to shift gears. If they get a gut response that says, yes, I'm interested, I'm involved in this, then they put the car in first gear. You know, let's, let's go along with this. Let's see where it takes me. Let's see if I really want to go full, full on with this thing. And they keep getting reassurance. Yes, 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 I'm on target, feels good, looks right. Let's shift into second gear. And so slowly, slowly, they get all these signals that keep telling them, yes, we're on track with this thing. And then they come to that point, which I call the moment of truth. You know, everything's in place. Everything's sitting well for them. They've got all this energy that's raring to go. And they just put everything into overdrive. And in that moment, they become a manifester. The difficulty for a manifesting generator is if they insist on just manifesting right from the get-go without getting that gut response, the situation really is they leave a trail of devastation behind them because they get involved in all kinds of different things that really didn't relate to them. And they just use manifesting energy to push things out of the way and make things move. And they can suffer the consequences of that. So I, you know, I'm very emphatic about illustrating to manifesting generators, you know, exactly go through these steps and arrive at that moment of truth. And in that moment of truth, you can perfectly easily say to yourself, well, no, I'm not going to do this. So manifesting generators very often get to the door on their way out somewhere. You know, they're all good to go. They've gone through all the process of getting ready to go out and they get to the door and they just, no, it's not happening. And they turn around and come back. So I know a lot of partners uh, in relationships and stuff, when their partner does this, they're, they're really perplexed. I thought you were going to do this. And then, well, no, I wasn't. I was all good to go, and then it didn't happen. So that aspect of human design can explain a lot. So those are the three what we call energy types. Then there's these two non-energy types, the projector and the reflector. I myself am a projector. Um, I thoroughly enjoy my life as a projector. It doesn't mean to say I'm without energy at all, um, but it does mean to say I don't have the same level of energy as do generators, manifesting generators, or manifestors. I don't have the sustaining energy that generators and manifesting generators have. It might appear that I do have when I'm around people that have that energy because I can borrow that energy or I can ride that energy with them. But a projector's life journey is all about giving guidance. We're, we're like traffic cops in a way. We're here to guide the flow of energy in the world. We're here to direct people. And the thing about a projector that makes it so different is we don't have this sacral center. We don't have this generator energy that these other types do have. We don't have this manifesting energy. But we have very specific designs. And in these designs, we kind of project out through our aura what it is that our capabilities really are, what are our guidance means that we can offer to people. And so we project this out to people and people have the opportunity to pick it up. You know, they meet us and they, they somehow relate to us and say, well, it looks like you can help. It looks like you can guide me. It looks like you can tell me how I can get out of my frustrating life and into more of an easy flow of things. And so projectors really enjoy having that recognition. And getting invitation from people to get involved in their lives, to get involved in their projects. But it's also the situation as well for a projector to recognize their own design so clearly that they can see those aspects of life that are really calling to them, where they can get drawn into things. And uh, 
once a projector is involved in something, you know, they just, they really excel at what it is they're doing. But the, if a projector tries to include themselves in things, tries to live out the life of one of the energy types, then life gets very, very difficult. And the last of the types is the reflector type, last but not least by any manner of means. I love reflectors. And just as I'd say, you know, if you need to get a manifester in your life, absolutely get a reflector in your life too. They're extraordinary people. They are so different. And these are the keepers of wisdom in the world. Uh, they literally reflect the world back to itself. They're in a lifetime of great trust. They're in a lifetime in which they can absorb extraordinary levels of wisdom and give that wisdom out to the world. The only difficulty a reflector really has is that they're subject to being overloaded by everybody else's stuff. And so I always recommend to a reflector, even if you can't get your own house, at least have your own room and at least have your own space where you have absolute clear space to be in your own aura, as it were, and out of everybody else's auras. Because, uh, yes, it's very easy to get overloaded by everybody else's stuff. So I hope that was uh, not too involved, but uh, outline the five different types. Yeah, that was great. And would you say Osho would be one of those people who were the reflectors? No, Osho is a projector. Oh, okay. Osho was a projector and projected out, well, yes, extraordinary wisdom, but great guidance. You know, he'll, you'll find he's talked about every single subject under the sun and then some. So who would be somebody that uh, would be a reflector that I could, that you could? Yeah, Sandra Bullock comes to mind right away. Sandra Bullock, the uh, Oscar, well, I don't know if she won an Oscar, but I mean, she's just this genius actress. She can reflect any part you would like. And she makes her parts on screen great fun. Fyodor Dostoevsky, you know, Brothers Karamazov and Crime and Punishment and these extraordinary books that came out. Um, you know, he's a reflector as well. He re was able to reflect on the human condition. Oh, great. Well, Mike and I found out that um, I'm the generator type and he's the projector type. Very so um, <laughs> kind of makes sense in our films. You know, when we came together working together, you know, in a business, he really did kind of have an idea and, and a vision in his project and what he was looking to do. And we always say that we complement each other very well, because I would say that you would be correct if I truly am one of these generator types. I do have a ton of energy and definitely a workhorse own three businesses businesses and go, 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 and can kind of make things happen. So, you know, we kind of laugh and, you know, Mike on the podcast, he's just our sound engineer and he's quiet and he listens and he makes sure, you know, everything's going okay. And then, you know, here I am being that generator and getting the interviews and getting the people to talk and reading the books and, you know, kind of making everything work and orchestrate how things work here. So I know that we both found that pretty interesting when we were reading the description and what you just explained here today, that we would say that that would be pretty accurate about who we are as people. Yeah. And, you know, there's that great thing, um, Michael can, uh, you know, get a gut response from you to find out whether you really want to get involved in that next project or not. Right. Exactly. Well, and I, you know, as I was reading that, I just kind of felt like, well, don't all people go with their gut? 
I mean, when I read it, I was like, well, of course people do that. Of course I do that. I mean, that's just how I have lived my life. But so when I was reading other, um, you know, some of the other descriptions, I guess just in my own world of the type of, um, you know, life theme or um, human design that I have, I thought that that was pretty much what all people do, <laughs> but maybe well, not. <laughs> well, you'd have to see you're in the majority. You know, we're, we're talking about 65 to 67% of the world's population have that gut response. Right. So, yes, you're in the majority, and it's very easy for you to consider that everybody should operate the same way. And it's very easy, for instance, for projectors to get swept up into that energy, presuming that, yeah, I must follow on the same way everybody else does this. And uh, there it is. You'll find that Mike has this great way of being able to give direction uh, and needing to stand back and out of the flow of activity sometimes just so he gets perspective. Right, exactly. Now, but with that gut response, you know, I've heard so many people say, well, we all have intuition. We all have that. It's just a matter if you tune into that or not. Well, absolutely. I mean, we're all intuitive. We're all psychic. We're all clairvoyant. We're all clairaudient. We've got all these gifts. We're all telepathic. It's just, you know, a lot of these gifts have been lost. We're overloaded with uh, unnecessary information and stuff that blocks us, unnecessary beliefs, unnecessary conditionings. And, you know, I'm very happy to see human design come into the world because it's encouraging everybody to get with the program, you know, get with their very specific program for this life and to sharpen up these senses again. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, my other question for you, you know, when I received part of my personal reading and then obviously, you know, I read uh, the Book of Destinies and found all of the different descriptions of what the sacral expressed mean, the personal life theme, my personal life theme is of the laws and Sungate in three. So, you know, I went through everything and, and kind of read that. And with the report, like I talked about, there's this really nice, you know, picture that comes with it. But I felt that I needed, I wanted to know even more information because there's all these different numbers in the chart. Um, when you're looking at the chart, there's a section to the left that says unconscious, a section to the right that says conscious. So if now I didn't get a chance to purchase the full report, but in the full report, is all of that explained or do you really recommend that when you get this that we should be, you know, speaking with you or somebody to really help us go through this entire thing so it feels a little overwhelming to me to really understand what are all of these different things in this beautiful picture and what's all of this red mean and why are certain lines lit up and other lines are not. So how, how would you recommend if somebody went onto your website and they got this introduction like I got, how do we find out more and really begin to understand and interpret this chart? Yeah. Well, you know, I've spent uh, 35 years reading for people and I've spent over 20 some years working with human design. And um, what you're describing is the potential to get very, very confused. You look at all these different aspects that are, that's in that chart there and all the numbers and colors and stuff. And uh, I would absolutely recommend people have a reading um, because I've worked all these years in simplifying it and, and putting it out into a language that people can really understand one-on-one. Um, -on -one. Um, of course, I would recommend people get the report uh, because it's, it, it'll clue you in. We, you know, in very simplistic terms, we call human design the operator's manual. That we come in with a very specific flavor, we come in with a very particular theme, we come in one of these, with one of these types, and 
getting the report, you will get the type. You will be shown exactly what your type is, how the type works for you, how to work with it for this lifetime according to your design, your nature. Um, you get the more comprehensive report, you'll get not only the type, but you'll get your authority, which is how you make decisions in this lifetime. And honestly speaking, you know, all the clients that we've had over the years, once they understand their authority and how to use it, everything starts to change in their life. You know, you, you just make a few bad decisions in this lifetime, you know, who you're going to get married to, what kind of work you're going to do, what you're going to study in school and stuff like that. It can take you years, even decades out of your life and get you into all kinds of difficulties. So understand your authority, how you make decisions that are accurate and right for you in any situation. Absolutely key to this lifetime. Uh, you also, in the report, you get a description of your profile. There are 12 of these different profiles. We each have one. They're all very different. Um, and it describes how the world relates to you and the easiest way you can relate to other people in the world. Um, you also get a description of the channels and some of the numbers that are written into the chart. So the more comprehensive report, the one that you're paying for, it's about $20, or you can get two for about $30. Um, they're basically giving you as much information as we possibly can in the space of 20 pages. And it's very, it's very complete. Um, there's also the books, and you know, the books that talk about everybody. The reports talk about you or the person you're getting a chart for or a report for. The Book of Destinies is not included in the report. Um, the Book of Destinies is something that, uh, it's definitely an add-on. It's definitely another dimension of your design and your presence here. And again, it's, what is it, 1995 or something on Amazon. It's uh, 995 as a Kindle or something. Um, the Kindle's in color. It's gorgeous. Uh, I love the book as well. It's just the New World Library did such a beautiful job with it. Um, there's a lot of uh, very relevant things for you. And, you know, April, finding out about your own and finding out about Mike's life themes. You know, you're born in the theme of the laws. Uh, one of the things that I hope came across really clearly in that is you're living a transformational lifetime. This is a, not a lifetime where you're following the person in front of you. This is a lifetime where you take jumps in your life. And Mike will know perfectly well, being in your company, he has to make jumps too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be right? true. Yes. So, um, you know, these life themes are very specific. And uh, I would just say... Uh, my life theme, for instance, is the theme of explanation. It's one of these 192 themes. Uh, my whole work here, is, ever since I've understood that, you know, how do I go about explaining things to people in a way that's really going to empower them in their lives? And that's, you know, that's been a huge understanding for me. So not only do you find out about your own life theme, you find out about the life theme of your families, your parents, your kids, your schoolmates, your work workforce, and all of a sudden you start realizing, my goodness, you know, there's a huge expanded dimension in my appreciation of life and the people around me. So that whole thing, you know, if we're going to evolve as a human species, you know, if we're going to get into this Aquarian age where, you know, we're all we're talking about years of peace and prosperity for everybody. If we can get in there, the only way to get in there is not only do we have to appreciate ourselves and what we're about, not only do we have to fall in love with ourselves and with our life, but we have to start recognizing, you know, this appreciation has to expand beyond me and into the whole world around me. 
And it, it, it's coming to that crisis point now. You know, there's this whole trend of nationalism at the moment where everyone's kind of circling the wagons and, and putting up barriers and protections and stuff. Well, NASA took that photograph, what is it, 50, 60 years ago of, of the Earth from the moon? We're all on this same thing. We all have to develop this appreciation, not only for ourselves, self-love, the beginning of it all, self-appreciation, and then start appreciating the people around us and start falling in love with the world around us and the people in it. So I just see human design and, and these books and these reports and things, they're, they're kind of keys. They're very essential keys for these times to understand what your life's about, fall in love with yourself, fall in love with your life, and start celebrating and start seeing that possible celebration with everybody around us. Well, I would say that was beautifully said. <laughs> Absolutely. And one of the, the favorite quotes actually from your book, and I wrote it down because I loved it, was that what if life is not a problem to be solved, but is actually a mystery to be lived? And I just thought that that was awesome. And, you know, the work that you have done over all of these years, you know, it's very comprehensive. You, the book itself the Book of Destinies, you could see how much work has been, you know, put into this. And we only got a chance to touch upon a very small section of it and, you know, just describing for people what the um, five different types are. But, you know, as you had said, there's so much more that they will get in the report of finding out what their authority is. And it sounds like from how you described it, that that's one of the most important things of all to understand how you can use that authority in your life. So I would really recommend that people, you know, check this out, check the books out. And would you like to let them know where they can go to find all this information? Well, the, the books can easily be found on Amazon uh, and the Kindle version on Amazon. Uh, they're very easy. Um, if you want a signed copy, you can go on our website. Uh, you can get the, the reports from our website. You can schedule a reading with me on our website. Um, you can schedule a reading with Carola on our website. So all of these things are possible. The website's name is, it's quite a long name, it's Human Design as it sounds, H-U-M-A-N-D-E-S-I-G-N, human design for us all, F-O-R-U-S-A-L-L.com, humandesignforusall.com. Well, it's been a pleasure, Kate, and thank you so much for joining us, and I know that our listeners will really benefit from this podcast. So thank you for sharing all of your wisdom and all of the work that you've been doing to really help raise the consciousness of our planet here. Well, thank you, April. It's been a pleasure, and stay in touch. Okay, will do. Take care. All right. Bye-bye now. Bye. If you'd like more information about our films or to purchase our DVDs, you can head on over to our website at thepastseries.com. They're also available to purchase on amazon.com. Our films are also streaming online at vimeo.com, guyamtv.com, and iTunes. If you have a show suggestion or would like us to interview someone specifically, please feel free to shoot us an email at info at com or send us a tweet at the past series. Please rate and review us in iTunes and subscribe. We hope you enjoyed the show. 